Thrive Leadership Podcast in three, two, cue music. This is the Thrive Leadership Podcast. Podcast. It's a place to connect you to nationally acclaimed leaders, their insights, and ideas on how to help you thrive in every area of your life. Of your life. Of your life. On today's episode, Joseph Sojourner, better known as Sojo. I think we're just striving to get back to that beautiful era of let's leave it open for a little bit more ministry, working with those executive teams and trusting their creatives and then allowing their creatives to be mature enough to handle that kind of responsibility. Now your hosts, Brad Lominick and CJ Alvarado. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Thrive Leadership Podcast. I'm Brad Lominick, one of your hosts, the other host, the deep voice baritone of CJ Alvarado. Man, it's been a while, CJ. It has been a while. First time back now that we're uh, in 2020. So good to hear you, man. Good to be back. Well, we got to start the podcast back up in 2020. It's the year of vision, 2020 vision, it right? Is. I mean, every pastor in America has been waiting on this year because they've got a sermon series just, <laughs> just stewing, right? Yeah, they do. And all those illustrations and symbols, man, here they come. By the way, uh, our guest for this episode, Joseph Sojourner. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know Sojo, then you, you're going to enjoy getting to know Sojo. He is a author, speaker, host, personality, renaissance man. He can do it all. He can go from, you know, rapping, singing, hosting, preaching. He, he's, he's got all the all the skills and talents. So, yeah, you're going to enjoy this, this conversation with Joseph Sojourner. I enjoyed it, man. He's got a great pulse on just what's happening in church and culture. One of the few individuals uh, that I know similar to you, Brad, uh, who's got a foot kind of in both worlds and is is working really hard, doing some creative stuff to bridge that gap. So I think uh, leaders, pastors, uh, they're going to they're going to really enjoy this episode. Yeah. And you got to sit down with him in the backstage area at Unleashed. Is that accurate? I did. He was in front of nearly 3000 students this year, which was a record for Unleashed. And uh, he did a phenomenal job and had some phenomenal things to share. Well, speaking of 3,000 students and Thrive and the Thrive movement, I mean, give us an update. You're you're uh, you're closer to it than I am. I'm hunkered down in Atlanta, trying to uh, brave the the winter solstice that's on us. Uh, you you are there in Sacramento on a regular basis, hanging out with the Thrive team. Give us an update on where things are right now. Thrive is just you know continues to just grow. Uh, like I said, unleashed. Uh, every year yeah, seems to seems to grow, and, and this year was no exception. There's a leadership conference happening in Southern Cal. That's Thrive SoCal. And then NorCal is on the heels of, of that one. Those are two leadership conferences. The one that was happening in SoCal is, is still somewhat of a startup conference in a totally new market. And uh, there's probably close to 2,500 or so at this point signed up for that. And uh, conti- that continues to grow as we you know keep marching toward that date. Uh, there's the apologetics and forum conference that's, you know, in the books and uh, happening. So Thrive just continues to, to grow. And it's really just exciting to, to see these leaders get the access they need to really good information. I think we're living in some really interesting times and to see these leaders get connected to other leaders, to get connected to the resources they need to be successful and to be thriving. Uh, it's, it's really exciting to see. So we're, we're moving. And, and we'll, we'll share more on how to make sure you stay connected, especially with some of these upcoming leadership conferences in 
Southern Cal uh, in March, into March, and then also the Sacramento sort of flagship event, you could say, that's been going forever at Bayside right there in Sacramento, the end of April, April, I believe it's April 30th, May 1st. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll come back after Sojo and talk more about getting registered, bringing your team, what that looks like. So I think we just get straight to Sojo. I mean, this was you sitting down with with him backstage. You guys had a great conversation. So CJ Alvarado and Joseph Sojourner, here we go. All right, well, thanks for uh, being in the studio with us today, man. How are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great. This is like your what? Your third time at Unleashed? It's it second is. or third? And it's like a lot of people don't talk about Sacramento, but listen, Sacramento has something to offer, okay? Y'all need to, you don't sleep on it, okay? They call it Sacktown, okay? I got I got educated last night to Sacktown. I'm like, right. okay, we got the A-Town in Atlanta, but no, it's got, I feel like it's got humble, ultra creative people mm. who uh, who genuinely want to do good. So I have loved my time here. I, I'll hang out one more day and then it's back to Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, you know, SAC, man, we've got some of the best coffee now in the country. That's what people keep telling me. I've had a cup. Really? Is it like that cup you're no, drinking this, right now? this is just straight up Pete's <laughs> from my house, man. <laughs> we've got great coffee. Downtown's really changing. The arena. Yeah, and all. yeah so Sacramento is you know, it's, it's really changing, man. Well, yeah, we've, we've loved having you at Unleashed. Unleashed is... You know, just been impacted by a lot of stuff you're doing. You've been seeing it kind of grow over the last three years too. Yeah, you know, know. So. this is the largest it's been, and you. But the energy in that room, it is. Yeah, it is something to see. Yeah, I mean, they are ready. They are fired up. I'm like, okay, we're only on session two. We got one more to go. Just right, right, right. Go. Buckle up. Well, I appreciate you being out here, and we appreciate that uh, you're going to be out with us for the next five or ten years or so. So appreciate that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <I> mean, <laughs> what, what's going on with you these days, man? What are you up to, man? So uh, it's 2020, and so mm. um, got a chance to to walk into the new year with passion. Uh, so they had their they had their conference. I got a chance to just attend, and you know, I do so many um, stand on a stage and, and cast vision. It was really great to start a year just being in a crowd uh, and letting and Jesus speak to me. And so that was a start. And then now it is back on the road. Um, have a company called Two Cents Creative Thinkers. So we're working alongside churches, conferences, organizations, uh, helping them create messaging that connects people to purpose. And then myself personally on the weekend, um, I'm in places like this. I'm looking in the in young people's eyes and saying, hey, what's your story? Um, and then how can we better help you? So it's a mixture of creativity, I would say, and then also being able to um, to still communicate to them and say, hey, God has a plan for your life. And mm. so I love that. Uh, and then we'll talk about some other fun stuff that I got coming up. Here all right. All right. <laughs> you know, I meet people from time to time that they've got a foot like in the church world. They've got a foot in like what we might say is like marketplace. But for yeah. you, marketplace represents a, a, uh, an area that very few people, you know, actually have access into Hollywood and yeah. that entertainment side. Break down for the people who don't know what you're doing and what that work kind of looks like and how the two worlds kind of converge or maybe not. Break that down a little bit for us. So, okay, so when I was a kid, I used to have this notebook and I would sketch all these stages and I would say, okay, mom, why can't we have stages like this in the church? Or even why can't we do the events we do outside our church and have them look like this? And so I was always passionate about uh, the power of creativity. And so, um, I think the church really embracing it within these last 15 years, I think we've just done an extraordinary job of bringing in some of the freshest thinkers, some of the freshest experiences and events that people are like, hey, this is seamlessly run and just intentionally crafted. Um, And so being able to say, hey, we're really continuing to improve and continuing to perfect this craft. 
and moving outward, I think, as we begin to move more into culture, because I really don't, I think there's no difference. When you're looking at the life of Jesus, he was always amongst culture as well as within the walls of the churches and synagogues. But uh, for us, we're saying the power of creativity, the power of storytelling should not be held within walls. And so I think the more we get out, the more we see. Uh, and I, when I say we, I mean the team of people that I get a chance to work with when we're traveling. Uh, we draw inspiration uh, from everywhere and everything we eat, everything we see, everything we hear. And so um, I've had the chance recently to get to work more alongside Hollywood. And this has been one of those seasons where, you know, you enter in and and some people in Atlanta and Atlanta now uh, is shooting the most movies uh, more than Hollywood. Not trying to hate on Hollywood. I know Hollywood <laughs> is still the, the, the place to make it happen. But uh, so many shows and productions are shot in Atlanta now. And so... Um, statistics are showing that the rise of depression, the rise in anxiety, the rise in suicides in Hollywood is at all time high. And so Pinewood uh, down there in Atlanta really wanted to be proactive and say, hey, how can we be a light to our lot and help people in their darkest moments? How can we begin to build caregivers? And so when they pulled me in and they said, hey, we just want you to work and love on people, it was something that we already did well. And I think when you're dealing with ultra uber creative people, it was something that was already my passion. And so these last six months, <clears throat> I've had the chance to walk with them, uh, build gatherings for them, uh, create a safe place for them to be vulnerable, for them to kind of work through their creativity. But what I've gained from it is I think I am humbled by the level of intentionality they have in in their storytelling uh long-form storytelling of that pushes i think the world forward i mean we are looking at some of these movies that they're making i'm like they they take it seriously there's a true conviction and so whether they're christ believers or not i just think these are really good people who are saying we're trying to do use our art to do something significant and a lot of times as they begin to say but i'm looking for more personally we're able to engage in a different kind of conversation so it's been wonderful are those movies strictly Christian? Like, do they occupy that genre? Or what's coming out of those studios I in would Atlanta? smack me in the head if I said, no, no, no. So, uh, yeah, yeah. My, so uh, I would say most Marvel movies you see are going to be shot uh, okay, so at Marvel. Marvel. So it's a lot of Marvel. Um, I can't say the movies that are on the lot right now. Right. But no, a lot of the movies in theaters. Uh, Christian production, there is a Christian house that is on the lot. And so they are, they're also working on Christian productions. But there's 18 sound stages, the other 17. Uh, a lot of okay, so about. I mean, obviously Marvel. I mean, that's those oh, are yeah. blockbuster oh, level, yeah. <laughs> right? So uh, that's yep. that's amazing. And how are they? Uh, how do you feel like they're doing that? I mean, to go up against a Hollywood to be yeah. in that. I mean, how are you attracting that? Those kinds of people. You know, is there a is there a, a heartbeat or a mission that's kind of driving that 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 is really attracting these these new creatives that you say are kind of like good people? Yeah, I mean, I think it. it I didn't going in there. I was like, what is the best way to do it? Because there's a lot of restrictions when you go on a movie lot. I mean, you're protecting uh, each house is protecting their intellectual property. And mm -hmm. so they're not going to just let you roam around with your camera phone out. Um, so immediately it let us know what we what we do has to be good enough for people to talk about it. And so our strategy has just been, OK, we'll start small. We started with about 30. And I was like, hey, come on in here and we will we will talk. We will have uh, some music. We'll have a message. And from there, it's continued to grow uh, more and more and more where people are inviting their friends. And so right now, it's just word of mouth. Uh, the public, it's interesting. So you've got the professionals on the lot. And you've got a lot of the amateurs that moved to Atlanta now to try to make it into movies. So we're seeing a large influx of a lot of those people who have not made it in productions but are just like, I'm down here. I have no money. I'm not happy. I'm away from my family because I moved from Wisconsin and I just need community. Yeah. And so we're helping them find community as well. 
well. So it's been a really special time. I want to come back to some of that because I know you've got some projects that are really exciting. I want I want you to unpack. Uh, before we get there, it, it seems to me, and I could be wrong, so I want your take on it, that there's this shift of like faith forward brands and personalities or artists and creatives right now. Yeah. But the level of work they're doing is crossing over. <laughs> and to me, it's like, I, I mean, I, I worked in the music industry for a number of years. I, I didn't feel like I saw it to the degree that nope. I'm seeing it now. I know. What do you, do you agree with that? Oh, I just think we're living right now. Uh, I think people are drawn to faith because it's real. I think they're like, if this is, when, when I begin to explore faith, when I begin to have accountability and community and, and different and vulnerable conversations, I think they're finding depths of themselves that they didn't know existed before, which is drawing them deeper and further and saying, I need to know more. And it's creating richer art. And so I just think we're in this beautiful, I don't even know what, what attributed it to. I mean, yeah. what, what we can attribute it to other than just the journey of the church, the journey of believers who are continuing to say, we need to get outside our walls and get more into the wild. And I think, um, yeah, millennials were probably more prone to think that way because we just were like, we want to be more messy than, than maybe generations before us who were more clean and, and how they crafted, um, you know, other genres and, and other spaces for us to occupy. Uh, you know, I think we came along and we were saying, hey, this stuff is great, but we got to walk amongst them. We got to move in their neighborhoods and be, and be and understand them so that they know it's not about just trying to get them with our motives to come over here. But it's saying, hey, even if you don't come over here, Jesus is here as well. Mm. And so... um but yeah, I think what's crazy is people don't even know uh, how many quiet people are exploring faith, like influential people who they're like, I listen to their music or I'm watching their buy their clothes or whatever. And when you meet them, they are on a journey internally themselves saying that, hey, this faith movement right now is has got a hold of me and I need to know more. I want to know more. I need to get connected with people like that who can help me in that journey. So I love it. Well, it's funny because there there have been a lot of um, a lot of stories about people who are encountering some of these creative expressions from you know Christian folk um, that they're going. It's undeniable. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't agree with every point in in their theology, but when I show up and experience yep. their art. Yep. Uh, it's undeniable. I, I feel something, or yep. I, I experience something. Yeah. To me, that's really interesting. One that is happening kind of outside of the context we are used to those experiences yep. happening. Which I'm curious if you think that makes people nervous. <laughs> you know, it, well, yeah. I mean, it does. But yeah. I think that if you, if you, when you look at God, you're looking at mystery. I think you know this is someone that. Um, yes, there's so much that we know, but there's so much we don't know. And so I think the greatest the greatest vessel for mystery is art because it's open to expression. And so I think the power of art is people look at it and everyone can see what they want to see. And you can learn more about somebody based on their interpretation of the same thing that you watched. And so I think the church now or the faith movement now is really locking into Oh, when you want to learn someone, you know, when you place art in front of them, God is able to move in just a different way through what you see may not be what they see. And the mystery is, how did you see that? And then you begin to realize their story dictates it and everything. But so. See, that that has a lot of um, that has a lot of room <laughs> in it. There's a lot of space to be able to go. I'll I'm going to are not accept, but I'm going to be open to yes. this interpretation. Yep. 
And I, and I feel like that even may be a, a shift from at least some of the perception. I totally realize I'm speaking generalizations, but when we look at just like the brand around the church, capital C, oh, yeah. it maybe doesn't necessarily have that. Okay, so yeah, okay, we, let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want to go down that road. Let's, let's go. go down. Oh, because so when, when talking about the church and the creative conferences I do, so I'll talk to creative departments. Like I said, we're still young departments. So it's a lot of young people kind of coming into older establishments. And then I'll talk to executive teams, um, which is really abstract concrete, you know, and th- those are the two entities. And um, as they're trying to craft the kind of art that we're talking about is saying, hey, we want to leave room because typically in the church, we, we, we create art to push people towards giving, uh, mm. life change, and then just sharing a simple story through baptism and things like that. Uh, but we don't just tell the human experience. There's no room. There's oftentimes, I shouldn't say there is none, but there's oftentimes not a lot of room for that in our program on a Sunday. Like, where do you tell the story of a mom who's on drugs and the daughter is just kind of holding on for dear life, looking for God and that there, it doesn't quite fit unless it's a quick bumper into a, into a sermon. And so as they're striving to say, hey, as creative souls, we want to tell these kind of stories. A lot of times they're brushing up against, hey, how can we tell that within? And this is when I say they, the, the executive teams would say in our concrete format of systems, there's no room for those type of abstract stories. And so the reason why I have a company that walks alongside churches is to help find those ways to creatively imagine ways that those kind of stories can begin to be thrust out through the church, whether it's partnering those creatives with organizations that are willing to invest in storytelling or whether it is creating that space outside of a Sunday morning program for them to be able to create that kind of art. It's hard. I love this. Mm -hmm. I want to hang here for a second. I think this point, um, showing the spectrum of humanity is, is fascinating. Um, and I, and I couldn't agree with you more. That can't be easy at times Mm -hmm. because I think there's a a fear. There may be an uncertainty when you step outside of the system and that's just for us humans in general, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about why leaders should consider this as they're thinking about programming and church moving into the future. What what are the good things that are happening as a result? Yep. Why should they look at this and maybe move in that direction? I mean, we're living in this generation that is the most skeptical generation uh, than ever before they asked Google, before they asked their parents. So we're looking at generations coming, whether it's Gen Z or, or even millennials. And you can already see, you can't ju- we can't just give them one side of the fence. If you do, you're disqualified. It's not even that they don't like it, it's that your voice is disqualified. If you're not willing to tell the whole picture, the good and the bad, the light and the dark. And so I think the church in the past has really worried about how much of the dark should we give, but we're living in this age of, of, of a generation saying, don't don't try to hide the truth. Now, I'm not talking about kids' ministries or, or of like... Of course, of course. I want to preface that before you start getting emails and people saying, why is he trying to give darkness to kids? I'm like, right. no, no, no. But when it comes to adults uh, or, or teenagers and college students, they really are saying, we want an authentic, we want the authentic truth in saying, when we read the Bible... And you're you're looking at David, and you're you're reading the, you're reading those Psalms as he's giving it. He's talking about the highest highs and the lowest in the valley. And sure, we might get uncomfortable being like, "Geez, David is really in a dark place right now." But there's something that connects us to David. There's a reason why all of us say David is one of our favorites in the Bible, and it was that authenticity. and And he used the power of poetry. He was abstract in a lot of what he said, where you read it over and over, and you're thinking, "What exactly is he talking about? Why would he describe it like that?" But I really think in that era, they understood the power of leaving it open and saying, this is this is how I feel right now. 
and whether it lines up perfectly with what you would have wanted me to say it as clean as you'd wanted me to say it, that wasn't what they were concerned about. So I think we're just striving to get back to that beautiful era of, you know, let's let's enter in here. Let's leave it open for a little bit more ministry. I think the journey, once again, is um, working with those executive teams and, and yeah. allowing and trusting their creatives. And then allowing their creatives to be mature enough to handle that kind of responsibility. Right. And so I don't just say all this naively saying creative departments need to be just let go to create whatever they want to create because it is this it is this gentle balance of they do need to make sure that they understand the power of what they're creating. So make sure it's created well. And executive teams need to make sure that they're handling a creative department distinctly different. I need creative executives to hear me right now. Handle that creative department distinctly different than every other department in your church. They operate differently. Their gas is different mm -hmm. than every other department in your church. So the space they're going to require is just completely unique than any other space that you might have. All right, we're going to spend a few minutes here. <laughs> Leaders and creatives, I think this, this, is, this has to be, in my opinion, one of the more important issues <laughs> moving forward for church specifically. I tend to believe that creatives are the ones who they decide – what people remember mm. and and how we remember it. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're delivering the content, it's your creative team yep. that's going to be the ones who help people digest yes. it, remember it. Yep. So you have to, there has to be a better relationship with be. those teams. Yep. There has to be obviously at the foundation some trust there because they're taking it and packaging it, you know, to, to the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that that, can be a very strenuous, yep. uh, maybe a little <laughs> volatile relationship for people, right? Well, because we're the we're 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 these pioneers. Like we're saying this now because, like I say, it, we're we were introduced to the church, and then it was like we need creativity in the church, more creativity, and then here we are at the ten year, fifteen year mark, and they're like, how do we handle creativity in the church? Mm. And here we are trying to build the systems of how do you handle creative departments within institutionalized church. We all believe in the in the power of local church, but we also understand the complexity of handling a creative department that wants to explore yeah. beyond local. And so I think you're 100% right. Like we 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 are living in this tension of we are this we are the first generation that has to begin to solve to say, "Hey, rather than seeing creative departments turn over every one year or every two years, you're just watching whole creative departments turn over." I mean, mass exodus of creatives is coming in creators leaving. Why is that happening? One, how can we better hold on to creators and say, we need to create spaces where they want to stay? What can we learn from Disney's and Pixar's and all these places where they are being able to hold on to it and, and allow to build systems? So I think the church is in a place in this department. I think in a lot of ways we figured out a lot, but in creative departments, it's a time for us to listen and learn. Mm. And I think every, every business is striving to learn how to handle creatives better because we're in this age of storytelling and, and creativity. Yeah. But, uh, but then how to do that well. Yeah, it's very much like the uh, the attention economy, you know, where we we we're trading, you know, day trading attention in yeah. a lot of ways, right? Uh, which is a very much a Gary Vee uh, phrase there. But uh, you know, I think when people think about creatives, uh, it, it could be reduced at times down to bulletin designer oh. or web. Tell, tell <laughs> us, like, from your and I know you're a creative, right? So so tell us. What does that mean moving forward? You know, mm -hmm. what is creatives? What what does that term mean, and yep. what should that mean to us moving forward? Um, it it is it is allowing space to question everything. I would say is where creativity begins, and I think um, if you're using a bulletin, 
Should you be using a bulletin? I think creatives naturally are gonna question anything. Now at times when you're working in a, pre, a professional space, you do have to put those fences and saying this is not the time to ask all these how questions or why questions. Uh, but I think that that's the essence of a creative department is no matter what, what department in the church or what's happening in your town, when you walk into that room and you sit down and say, hey guys, let me. what are your thoughts on what's happening with young people? you will have people that think and imagine in a way that they just question and say, well, why, why do we not do this? And why do we not do this? And that's a good thing. I just think you have to know when it's time to do that and when it's time not to. So when it comes to creative projects, I do think you have to know how far are we willing to go? Um, obviously the elephant in the room that you, that you and I are kind of uh, uh, moving around <laughs> is budget because yeah. I do think a lot of churches or, or organizations and companies don't even know how to budget creativity. So it's like, we ain't, we gave you $300. We need 16 videos. And you're like, Oh, that's, that's, that's impossible. <laughs> that is literally, or we need graphic artists. We, we, we want them to work for free. We want to work every single day for, and you're like, I do think the biggest obstacle I normally face once I get past and they say, okay, we want to do it is there really is no budget system in place for creativity. And so you've got creatives burning themselves out. I don't think the church is against creativity. I just think that what it requires to do great art uh, will burn them out very quickly if there's not if there's not safety nets there in place yeah. and resources. So good, man. So, so you did some work. Uh, I want to come back, circle back to, to the your work in Hollywood and you know working on some some projects in Atlanta. Um, tell us a little bit about what it was like. You worked on the Suicide Squad movie. Well, so no, no, no. So I was, so a lot of the Suicide Squad uh, people down in Atlanta ended up attending the gathering. Okay, gotcha. I didn't necessarily gotcha, work gotcha. on it. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't, you can't put the camera okay, in my but... hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't do those shots. Tell I didn't us, do those shots. Tell us what you're seeing within that community. What, from from your perspective, being kind of within those circles, what what are you seeing? What that What's that experience like? Man, it is, uh, I think, Entertainment overall, whether it's music, because I know you did music, uh, or even you know television movies, you are judged on what you do, your resume, and so it might be, hey, my name is Josh, I worked on Suicide Squad and Avengers, or hey, I worked on you know uh, Meet Joe Black or whatever the movie may be, and that that gives you identity. Mm -hmm. And I think we're creating a place where we say what you do has nothing to do with your worth, and um, which for them is a bit uh, perplexing and. They, I would say they're curious about, are you serious? Like my resume holds no weight here or you're not judging me based on that, then what are you judging me on? And I said, you're not being judged at all. And so the, the, the journey for them to be able to realize this, as you create stories that help the push the world forward, we're creating a place to help push you forward. And that's really what it's about. I'm like, we, we celebrate all that these incredible creators are doing in culture, whether they're believers or not. And we just wanted to create a place where they, when they walked in the doors, they're like, everything in this world is created for me. And so I, I am, I really love it. Sure, one day, um, one day I, I may end up working on a script, but right now I'm much more infatuated with saying I would rather write the script for a place that they could come to uh, where they can truly find themselves. I love that, and that's a new project. I mean. Uh, it, you are kind of pioneering a new experience yeah. for this audience or this group of people. Tell us w what you're doing, unpack that for us. Yeah. Who's behind it? How that origin story kind of yeah. came about. And so I was in California, uh, actually down in LA working on a, a conference and I bumped into a guy uh, named Dan Cathy and he's, 
he's uh, one of the owners of Pinewood Movie Studios, and so Dan Cathy also slings a lot of chicken, right? I mean, he has, <laughs> yes, he is a very very popular chicken sandwich that people seem to enjoy. Uh, we, do, we love Dan Cathy <laughs> Chick Fil A, and so uh, and so as he began telling me his heartbeat of saying he was truly hurt by the the amount of depression, anxiety, and suicide, which is at all time high uh, in the entertainment industry, he said, "Hey, how can we better take care of these people?" Which I told him, I said, "This is literally what I love doing already." And so as as a uh, as I returned home uh, and got back to Atlanta and got a chance to really see all that was happening down at Pinewood, he said, what do we think about planning right here? Uh, now, obviously, from that point on, it was complex to make sure, how, OK, what would our space look like? How we go about it and protecting everyone's intellectual property? But this journey from August to now of us just trying and doing doing test runs has been unbelievable. And so uh, we're moving into official launch season season uh, these next couple months here. And so I could not be more excited. But I think the response from the lot, the response from young creatives who have moved to Atlanta who are just looking for community has blown us both away. And it's just, uh, well, I would even say just both of us because it's honestly a church has been helping us out called Southside and Chris Patton's the pastor of that. And so it's been special to see all of us uh, with a, with a open-handed approach uh, to this and saying, listen, we're gonna we're gonna give as much as we can and and we're gonna receive as much as we can. It's gonna be an exchange here as we're learning how to do this well. And I think that's why uh, people continue to invite. Do you do you consider it a church service or are are you kind of feeling like you guys are innovating something new here? You're saying gathering, but what does that mean? <clears throat> I consider it uh, a place where the church meets. Uh, if the, if we're the church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because. Um, Obviously, on a movie studio, you can't plant a church (laughs) just because of contractual issues of them saying, hey, we don't want we don't want you guys trying to convert actors that we're bringing in. Um, But I say, hey, I am the church. And there are a lot of people here that that are the church and believe and see themselves as light of the church. And so we are all going to gather in one place. It doesn't matter if you put us in a field. Uh, we're blessed to be able to probably end up here in this sound stage, but if you put us all in a sound stage, then we're going to have church here if, if that's where God leads us. And so um, it's once a month. And so it's able to, I would say it's a gathering is what we call it. I'd say it's a gathering. It's a safe place where you can come and, and ask life questions and explore faith. And what do you hope to do from just an experience standpoint? Like you as the, the kind of creative force behind it. Like what do you hope in people encounter when they get there? Well, so... Personally, I think the power of story uh, is the next chapter uh, of human the human experience, and so uh, I think if you are if you are gathering the greatest storytellers, then hopefully you can begin to tell the greatest story. And so down the road, the reason why it's once a month and the reason why it's not trying to become an every week experience is because we're saying, hey, who is going to begin to tell stories beyond what what the walls of the church could tell? What we talked about earlier mm-hmm. and saying, like, what would it look like for us to begin to churn out stories that are significant in helping the human experience and people find faith and find more uh, the life that they I think that they don't even know exists yet. So uh, down the road, yeah, we are looking at being able to create stories and, and platform stories. Uh, through this gathering of uh, people who are all focused in one direction. And that be, you know, through through movies, through yep. performance, yep. you know, okay, storytelling, podcasts, you name it. Yeah. I mean, we're, 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 we're really going to say, hey, what, what roads do assembling teams and launching stories? Love it. Um, Love in it. all the places where people, I call them the neighborhoods because, you know, Jesus moves to the neighborhood. And so I really do say, I'm like, these are the neighborhoods. As we begin to imagine that, uh, uh, you talk to a buddy at Gateway and he was saying like, you know, he believes the power of these neighborhoods of Gen Z. And I said, yeah, it's, it's digital. So 
Are we, are we bold enough to to run into the neighborhoods and plant there and say, we're going to meet you where you are? Love that. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. That Just the symbolism and all of that is super cool. So maybe last question. Um, you know, as you're thinking about just the leaders that may be on the other end, maybe they're on a treadmill right now or they're on a little commute. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you tell those leaders right now? If you could kind of say one thing to them, most of them are, you know, are going to be church leaders. Uh, what's one thing that you want to just convey to them right now? I would say um, we wield the greatest story of all time. And I think the adventure is finding the endless ways to tell it. And so whether it's dance, whether it's poetry, whether it's painting, um, whether it's spoken word, I think the the adventure we all get to go on from era to era is here's how our generation told the greatest story man has ever known. And here are the many ways we discovered we could tell it. And I think as we begin to uh, get captivated by that question and by that challenge, I think we would lose a lot of that fear of saying we don't want to misstep but rather say we want to we want to give the world the most our generation can give and saying now look at how they told the story that is they were thinking outside the box they were taking risks they might not have got everything right but they went for it and they were that impassioned and that in love with Jesus they were that fearless and i just think that that is the greatest gift we can give in our short time here i love it i love it so if folks want to get to know you more, want to follow kind of where you're at, you're doing a ton of speaking yeah. you're all over the place. Where's the best place for them to go? JosephSojourner.com. Uh, if you're on social media, it's I am Sojourner, Joseph Sojourner. You can probably search and find that if you don't know how to spell my last name. But um, yeah, or my friends call me Sojo. So right. if I, when I meet you, just call me Sojo and I'll know <laughs> you must have checked me out somewhere. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for being with us today, man. Appreciate thanks for it. having me. Good stuff, man. Joseph Sergio. Really? Good job, CJ. You're you're like uh, you're the you're the Ryan Seacrest of Christianity, you might say. <laughs> I'm like the Ryan Seacresto. That's the Latino version of Ryan. Like that's the, you're the brown version. <laughs> you're the brown version of the brown, a little bit browner version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate Joseph's heart. The guy's a super creative guy. You know, the 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 stuff he's doing with uh, Chick-fil-A folks and a lot of other creatives, you know, across the country. It's a really exciting time for the church and a really exciting time for what role the church is playing in culture and, and and how it's it's looking to reach people and influence them so i'm glad guys like joseph are out there just fighting the good fight well and and uh if if you are doing a conference or you've got some students you're gathering or young adults even those that are older for that matter doesn't matter leaders getting together you know bringing in sojo to host or be part of that is is uh, is always a good thing. I mean, we used him at Catalyst over the years as a host, and he's been involved very significantly at North Point and a lot of stuff connected to Orange and uh, just because of the Atlanta world. You know, we've had him. Now the word's getting out, so we're 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 sending him out in, into other places around the around the globe, mm. and uh, it's fun to see his influence continue to expand because I feel like I knew him when no one did, and now he's uh, one of those that's definitely on the list of a lot of people i feel like that's uh, often the case with you like you 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 know you you know them before they were big kind of thing is that true you know I, it's it that seems like the season that i get to be in right now is mm-hmm. uncovering uh some talent that might be undiscovered and not mm-hmm. just the opportunity to know them but also then the opportunity to figure out 
well, how can I give them a platform and use my influence to give them opportunities? And, you know, it doesn't always require me to be involved in those, but I love if I get the chance to find somebody who is a hidden talent, I think there's more value for me in watching that grow than there is necessarily that it would be me involved in it, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's the producer in me. I think it's sort of that talent scout in me. And so I I love doing it. I've, I've been doing the young influencers list for 12 years now. Right, right. Now almost 900 names that have been on that list over wow. the last 12 years. At some point, we're going to have a party. We're going to bring all those people back. I mean, that's a conference right there, Brad. That's a conference right there. The problem yeah. is we won't be able to get them back because now they're all like doing amazing things. And wow. they're going to they're gonna say, wait, who are you again? I think you should negotiate with those guys. So you go, listen, I'm going to give you your first connect or your first big opportunity. But the only thing I ask is that when I do my big show, you have to show up. Yeah, I'm grandfathered in. I'm grandfathered in. That's right, in. man. Yeah. That's right. You're like the godfather. You're like, you know, the, the Christian godfather. <laughs> I like that. You're the Ryan C. Cresto and I'm uh, whatever the godfather's name was. I can't remember who that was. Don Carleone or something like that, right? Yeah, that's your world, man. Like, you know that world. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not Italian. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, in a different in a, in a different nationality, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, we mentioned uh, it good. earlier. Again, Thrive Conference mm-hmm. is coming up. So I can't stress this enough. What's happening at the Leaders Conference there's one coming up uh, in Palm Springs, SoCal. So you can get your Southern California fix, get in the sun, get a tan. And uh, on top of that, just just experience uh, this conference. We've got Lecrae that's going to be with us, uh, Catherine Wolf, you know, Chris Brown, Mark Clark, Bianca Olthoff from Smith, a bunch of great folks, man. And this is a conference, especially at this size. It's fantastic because you're able to just get up close with these leaders. It's all about access. And and that's what's going to allow, you know, you, no matter what size your organization is, whether you're running a church of 200, 2000, whatever it may be, uh, to get those questions answered in really practical ways by people who are currently in it or people who are doing it, man, that is so valuable because it helps us just accelerate our learnings. It helps us avoid common pitfalls that I don't know about you, that I just, I, if I don't have to go through them myself and I, if I can find a hack, if you will, or some kind of tactic that helps me leapfrog that I'm all in. And that's what you get at this conference. Yeah. And it's March 26, 27th in Palm Springs. Yep. Who doesn't like to go? Who doesn't, who does not like to go to Palm Springs? It's beautiful, man. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's beautiful out there. I've gone out the last couple of years. Uh, it's going to be held at Southwest church. Thriveconference.org is where you can go to get, you know, all the information and, and it's, it's, it's amazing. So I highly recommend people get out there. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. There's some listener, there's some leader right now that is stuck in six feet of snow in New Hampshire. (laughs) Your job description right now is to figure out a way to get to Palm Springs and pack those shorts, Mm -hmm. get those white legs out there in the sun and uh, get your leadership development on. That's, that's your assignment. The other side of the leadership conference is as we mentioned april 30th may 1st in sacramento at bayside church Mm -hmm. the mothership the flagship offering the original thrive conference that's going to be packed it's crazy it's fun you got to be there so that's also you can register thriveconference.org get your tickets bring a group 
if you're on the West Coast, pack the van, do whatever you have to do to get there. Yeah, and if you can't make the SoCal, you've got NorCal. You know, it's it's really not that that much further away. If you're coming in from out of town, it's you know, fly right into Sacramento and you're good to go. Highly recommend it. Your teams are going to have fun. The things I always love about Thrive is it's not going to be just a bunch of sitting around consuming info. There's going to be some fantastic information, obviously, but it is it is wild in all the best ways. Like it's fun. Your teams are going to have an incredible amount of time. It's one of the few conferences where you know just laughter and comedy is emphasized so heavily. I mean, I more heavily than I've seen, and it just makes for you know really fun time. So get yourself and your teams out there. Uh, don't miss it. Yeah, and you can see the speaker lineup on the website. Uh, by the way, great job on the website redesign, CJ. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It looks good. It does take like an hour to load on my computer. You still using that dial-up? I've you got still the using AOL. That? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so high. It's it's so high in in design quality that it just it takes a while to load on my on my uh, dial-up modem. I'll look into that. It does. It does look great though. Well, do, well done yeah, on good. the on the redesign. And again, everything Thrive Conference related, thriveconference.org. And thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for being on the journey with us again. We, we took a little hiatus. We took a break. This We could maybe describe this as season three of mm-hmm. the Thrive Leadership Podcast. How about that? I like that. So thanks to Joseph Sojourner, who you got to sit down with and we love. Sojo, you're the best. And for all of us, uh, our goal here is to create thriving churches and healthy leaders, healthy leaders and thriving churches. So Mm -hmm. that's what we want to do. We hope this has helped you in doing that. And we will talk to you again very soon. The Thrive Leadership Podcast is hosted by CJ Alvarado and Brad Lominick and is produced by Kip Johns. To download and share this and other Thrive podcasts, go to thriveconference.org. Thank you.